Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast here with Benji Narsen for our Christmas special or the last uh, episode before Christmas. So Merry Christmas to all of you if you celebrate Christmas. Um, I'm obviously a big Christmas guy, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> just love it. Anyway, um, we're going to be talking about Dakernic Quickstep, now called Quickstep Alpha Vinyl in 2022. Dakernic have gone, uh, they're, they're not staying on as sponsors. They're going over to be a butt sponsor of Alps and Phoenix. And I think in 2023 we have, is it Sudal coming in, Benji? Is Sudal's a glue company, right? Uh, you should know. Yes, you're correct. You're, you're right. It's a glue company. <laughs> I think. They're worldwide. I've seen Sudal in Bunnings. So, you know, shout out to Sudal for supporting cycling. If you need glue in an industrial uh, setting, <laughs> then obviously Sudal's your one to go for. But yeah, they're coming on in 2023. And that's because I think I, we saw a few things, Benji, about, oh, well, the Koenig, they left because Quickstep don't have a women's team. I don't really think that's true at all. I think that was kind of taken out of context. I think it's, especially with Quickstep, Alpha Vinyl having plenty of money coming online. I think there's just increased budget demands from Lefebvre. What I read into it, Benji, was Quickstep came in and gave them a um, – sorry, DeKernick came in and gave them a, a financial boost when they were struggling a, a while ago. Now yep. they're going really good. Now they got Remco. Now they got GC ambitions. Budget demands are going up, and DeKernick just couldn't match it. Or do you have a different reading of it? I've got a similar reading, and um, yeah – in all honesty, there are so many sponsorship changes regarding the Koenig and Alpacin and all that kind of stuff. And Lotto Sudal losing Sudal, going to Quickstep. Like, it's a lot of stuff. I'm just glad that these sponsors are interested in supporting cycling. And that's what I take out of that personally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, it's hard to know where the KPIs are for some of these sponsors. But for the Koenig, it kind of makes more sense. Or the sponsors they typically get. Same with Yumbo Visma. It's local companies, etc. And we see that, that the Quickstep contract, I believe the sponsorship contract, is tied very closely to Remco Evenepoel's actual rider contract. That's enough on contracts. We're going to go through, as we always do, recap their 2021 season go through their transfers, what we expect their team to be in various races, and then some hot takes for the Koenig Quickstep. But before we do that, mention our show partner, LaCole, who produced Performance Cycling Apparel. By the time this has come out, I dare say it'll probably be too late to buy some stocking fillers to get delivered in time from LaCole if, you know, six hours notice. But it's never too late to get some stuff for the new year or if you're trying to Got some New Year's resolutions to get on the bike more, particularly if you're in Australia or if you're indoors, they even have indoor-specific kit as well. You want to check out LaCole at www.lacole.cc. I've been wearing it pretty much almost daily now back on the bike in sub-zero temperatures in Andorra, and it's made it more bearable than I could have imagined. So thanks, LaCole, for supporting the podcast. Benji, 2021 for Quick Step. We'll just look at their World Tour wins. 25 World Tour wins, but 65 overall wins. I mean, that also, I, I should mention it, it's just so many. It's just, they just win constantly. And some of them are decent dot pro races that are, you know, like 
GP Indusrian Artigianato is a nice win for bad, uh, for Van Sevenon, etc. But yeah, how would you rate their season? I personally would rate it pretty uh, pretty damn good. Like, if you look at this team, I think the best thing that this team has is that those victories are not delivered by two or three riders. I think, if I counted correctly, 17 or so riders uh, brought in victories this season. That's a lot. That's a lot of riders to get victories on a single team of a team like 32, 31 people. So that's more than half of your team is winning. And that's because every single rider has qualities to gain such a victory. And we see that at the start of the season, for example. Let's look at how they began with two victories in a row at Provence with Ballerini. And that basically started off the Ballerini period, which ended up with a victory in Omlo. But then we saw... What everybody kind of knows at this point, if you peak for Omlo, you're likely not going to be amazing at RVV, where Ballerini was not good. And that's where other people started coming in, like Osgren, E3, RVV. In all honesty, I feel like Osgren's season is underrated. Winning at E3 and RVV is very strong. At Paris-Roubaix, he had some bad luck and as a consequence was not in the final. But I dare to say that Fanad and Vanderpool are getting a lot of credit for the classics and... Asgren is the one that took home a monument. Well, I mean, Asgren's a better cobble classics rider than Wapanat. Like, I don't, I don't think it's, don't think it's close. Like, if you look at their records, but maybe that's an overreaction to this year. Maybe with a stronger team next year, Wapanat will prove me wrong. But yeah, I agree, Benji. That being said, he, in terms of wins, it was those just those two classics for Asgren, and then. The Algarve ITT, but it, as as many you've already alluded to, it's like waves. So Ballerini, he has that peak for his own wins at the start of the season, and then he becomes an incredibly important second last man in the Tour de France as a lead up man, which where they won five stages, five Tour de France stages, which is including the yellow jersey on stage one for Alaphilippe. So that's just ticking all the boxes. Four Cavendish wins, and I think they had a. I think they had a good season, Benji. I think they had, mm-hmm. but I don't. I think Lefebvre would have wanted a bit more. Like, if just being greedy, I think one monument. <laughs> just, I think one monument, and they've won more World Tour wins before. I think, and no Giro d'Italia stage wins. I, I know these are obviously every team, every other team, just virtually, except maybe Ineos, Yumbo, or Bahrain would be incredibly jealous of this season and trade anything for it. But for, this is by quick step standards. I think Roubaix was very disappointing, the biggest one-day race of yeah. the year. And I think that we – I listened to the Cycling Podcast. I mentioned this before. Apparently, they used different tyre setup and they had like – they had so many punctures, Benji. Everyone punctured of their favourites. And but still, it's a, it's a failure at Roubaix, which is a big, big target for them. But otherwise – even a Paul Giro, uh, seems like Lefebvre and him got a bit ahead of themselves and he came back well at the latter end of the season. We've got to also remember, like, injuries, Benji. Bagioli knee injury. Even a Paul coming off a knee injury. Oh, no, uh, the accident, rather. Yeah. And I think maybe some other riders were Jakobsen. Jakobsen. How could I forget? Jakobsen, their best sprinter now, injured for, you know, Dauphiné, he was just there training, basically. Yeah. And then he won so much at the end of the year. I think... That being said, that being said, quick step do what I think is very smart is a lot of teams get one sprinter and they're like, we're good. 
we got a sprinter. And we mentioned <laughs> I went on that huge rant on the Astana podcast, being like, there are a lot of sprints on the calendar. Quick step alike, we'll get one, two, three, we'll turn we've got four guys, five guys that can be bunch sprinters. And that way you can cycle through them, you can send them to multiple races, and that's how they get 65 victories because they have Steimler winning uh, Tour de Slovakia Stage 2. That was a weird sprint. Or Seneschal winning yeah, random well sprints as well. Like That's why they win so many races as well. And that's also Benji with no Bennett. No Bennett after May. So yep. do you count that against them? The Is it a, ba- a worse season because – I guess Cav won the stages anyway. Yeah, and in all honesty, it still paid off with Jakobs in the Velta as well. If Bennett had to go to the Tour Velta double, then I'd say that they would have ended up with likely similar or perhaps less victories because Tour Velta double is harder than two riders doing the Tour in the Velta, I would dare to say. But in all honesty, like what I look at in this team is that We've got Cavendish that has a grandiose lead out at the Tour de France getting those victories. And the reason I like Jakobsen so much in the Vuelta is that he won some stages where I was like, he's starting this sprint in a position that there's no bloody way he should be winning this sprint. And he flew through gaps that, okay, I was like, he's lost, he's lost, he's winning, he's winning. And he ended up winning that stage. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this comeback is next level. And I'm so looking forward to what he can do here. And it's been a, a year like that for Jakobsen, but I'm looking forward to what he can do next season. Yeah, me too. And so I think what's missing and what is changing is obviously GC. And GC is contesting GC at World Tour level is very expensive. To win, when you look at how much Ineos paying the riders who are winning or locking out the podium at Catalonia, at Swiss, at sort of some of those World Tour stage races or Romandy. Etc. It's but millions. Man, they want Polonia. They want Polonia with Almeida <laughs> on probably a decent decent salary before he went out the door and uh, on a huge salary to UAE. But it costs a lot of money to win World Tour stage races to pay both the teammates to, that can climb and the riders to win it, and also then to contest GC at Grand Tours. They've extended, I think, Catania, who is like a just a consistent sort of top ten GC getter in World Tour races. I think next year, but. That's the direction they're moving in, I believe, with Avon the goal is to obviously target GC. But do you think they'll be doing it with other riders, Benji? Do you think this is a wholesale change or it's just Avon GC project and then quick step all business as usual stages on the other hand? I don't see it yet for other people in their team. We've got the likes of a Elon von Wilder who they just signed over the last part True. of the season that came from DSM. But when I look at his results, he's got... Good results in hilly race. He's got great results in time trials for a GC rider. But he's missing those long climb performances in the Tour de Suisse on that longer climb where Thomas ended up crashing in the last kilometer. That was not a great performance by Ilan van Welden. And that's where I'm missing that. I think that Cataneo is perhaps the closest to a rider in this team that could also go for GC. But it won't be for top three. It will be for a top 10 position perhaps in the Giro, stuff like that. Probably best in a race with a time trial, but not in the Giro then. But uh, in all honesty, I don't see it with Von Seven on GC-wise yet. I feel like I'd rather see him go for a stage in a Grand Tour before I know whether he can do GC stuff, because his time trial, I think, is not the greatest either. 
I've got a very hot take about Fausto Masnada Regc, oh which I'll yeah, it's it's flaming hot, which I'll keep for the end. Now on to their transfers for this year. So Sam Bennett obviously out. Uh, no surprises to anybody across Deborah Hansgrohe. All the Lefebvre, Bennett drama aside, it didn't make sense for them. So let's, let's assume Benji, which I think is a, assume Bora paying him a, a shitload of money. Why would Dakota Quickstep match it? Makes no sense with Jakobsen coming back on, on yeah. in good form. So him out the door, I don't see that as a big problem for them, even though, because I think Fabio is, is back back. Uh, Hodge gone, of course, not to UAE. And they're not going to match that. Shane Archbold with Bennett um, wasn't that good this year. Ian Garrison's gone back to uh, America. So Almeida's the big one, Benji. Gone to UAE. Does it would it have made sense? Do you see them? I don't know. It just as you said, it doesn't fit with. It's kind of your, what you just said that you don't think they're gonna apart from Avonapol change their general strategy, and I think that's borne out by them letting him go, Almeida. Yeah, and I feel like it's not really an issue either because I love that this team focuses on different things. They've got Alaphilippe for the Hill Classics. They've got a wonderful team for the Global Classics. They now have Avonapol for GC who still has to prove himself in a Grand Tour, so let's not forget about that aspect, but the potential is definitely there in my eyes. But they've got riders for every single bracket. They've got sprinters as well, and that's what I like about this is that they compete on all these levels, and I think, would a sponsor be more happy that you are fighting for a top five position in the Tour, or if you're fighting in every single race for the victory in stages? Uh I don't know. It depends on the sponsor. It depends on the nationality of who's going for the top five in GC. It depends on a lot of factors. Um, I think if they had a Czech or a Slovak rider who was GC, it would be pretty big for their, I, don't know, I think, the team owner. I don't know. Uh, it, a Belgian rider, Benji, top five. Yes, Avonapol. So I think that would be bigger than Cab, honestly. Um, yeah. Talking about a Slovakian, we've actually got one joining in a, 2022 until 2024 youngster martin i'm scared to say his last name Svrček, hopefully Svrček, uh, yeah. okay in 2021 he was sixth in paris Bay juniors actually fourth in the juniors road race in flanders as well world champs uh top 20 in itt not that spectacular but he's got good results on junior level now it's obviously a big step to go from junior straight to elite and it's not like he was winning everything at junior level so I honestly don't know what level he's going to be at and if he's going to evolve into this grandiose Slovakian next again. But yeah, they've got a Slovakian on board. What do you think? I mean, he's starting in July. Uh, he was he won a fair few of these like Italian smaller junior races, uh, winning cons- fairly consistently. But yeah, as you said, Benji, at the top level, like Paru, Paru, top junior level, Paribé Juniors, Europeans, world champs he he wasn't on the podium but i still think 18 years old like born in 2003 scary stuff um like who knows just a project for them and probably keep the the team owner happy as well but the other transfers as four young guys one not so young guy but the other young guys ethan vernon a track guy he's 21 like this is a great pickup an underrated neo pro pickup Given he's like a he won a stage into it, Lavenier, uh, which was I believe yeah it was a, it was a pure sprint ahead of Jensen Plowright. This this kid is fast, 
and it's just yeah. such a quick step signing. He's probably not. He won't be on that much money. They'll probably be able to slot him into a train or even at the end of the season be competing for those sprint sort of wins at Slovakia. Uh, I just think Ethan Vernon's a fantastic signing with a lot of room to develop. Like big guy, just have you have you seen much of him, Benji, or is this the first you're hearing of him? I mainly know about him from the Olympics and so forth. I think he rode in Tokyo on the track. Yep. Uh, he also has quite a lot of medals. I think in total across British, European, and like worlds and Olympics and so forth, twenty six plus medals. I don't know at what level, at what age group that is, but that's a pretty spectacular amount of medals. So he's definitely a track. Uh, right away a, a solid future ahead of him and i believe that that can indeed be useful when it comes to the train aspect towards becoming a sprinter in the future himself in the train but not at that level yet perhaps he can start off as one of the uh, aspects in that train so i'm completely on board there now on to the next rider stan von tricht he's a rider that rode for uh, seg racing academy seg racing academy i pronounce it like that but that might just be my flemish uh, way of saying it he um actually a team that brings forward a lot of riders i think Grunewijn came from that team as well plenty of these dutch talents in jumbo and so thor jacobsen came from this team and this rider my biggest memory here is that he won this uh kermesse which is like a criterium in belgium kulhem kurse it's called and uh he won that ahead of a rider from oh that flashy yellow bingo Bingual, like bingo, you say it. Bingoal, yes. Bingoal's pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. And uh, was Seri, and the best part about that race was that I think Seri was supposed to win that race because that, those crits were like kind of settled beforehand. And the guy from Bingol suddenly started sprinting for the victory. And because of that, Von Tricht had to try and uh, beat him. And eventually Von Tricht won that race. So accidentally won that race as well. But throughout his uh, non-settled races... Some podiums at the likes of Tour of Roads, which is basically a uh, Conti sprints, I would dare to say. This guy seems to be a sprinter with some versatility to get over hills. I don't know if that's going to lead towards abilities over cobble-like races, uh, a future Ken him kind of style rider, or if that's going to end up being a, a pure sprinter, but certainly quite talented, and I look forward to seeing him ride for a quick step. So I see one result here, second at Copa de la Pace, Trofeo, uh, Anelli, he came one two with Dan Ul, who I think is going to Yumbo, who we've already. Sp- uh, he yes, Trek, 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 Trek. Sorry, we, so I remember we've spoken about him already. They came one two with a gap. Can someone let us know? Do they sprint against each other? They but they were both on seg. Um, or if they're listening, can you let us know what happened there? Or can we give Stan Van Trick the sort of half a victory? Anyway, next one, Maro Schmidt Benji. This is one I think you're quite high on. He's 22 years old. He's in his first season at World Tour level this year, and he goes straight to the Giro d'Italia and wins the Montalcino stage ahead of Covey, I think it was, Benji, who's no, yep. who I think is improving yeah. okay and is no slouch as well. And then not a great rest of the season. But the point here, Benji, is if – any young rider did anything good on NTT Quebec in the last two to three years, anything good, sign them afterwards. Because unfortunately, the team doesn't exist anymore at World Tour level. He, but like you look at Ben O'Connor, Asia 2R, probably got him for a steal and held, and fourth at the Tour de France. Gino Mader at yeah. Bahrain. Like, I think it's a great signing. What do you see his role as being? Is it going to be. Hilly Classics, 
or is it going to be like in with the Bagioli sort of crew at like uh, GP Industria Artigianato to start? Actually, I find it very hard to figure out because in all honesty, right now he's kind of a one-trick pony in the 2021 uh, season. That Giro stage and then for the rest of the season, not really there. 41st at Strade, it's not saying that he uh, had the qualities of winning that Montalcino because he was the, the best gravel rider on the road. He definitely was uh, beating Kovi there, so that's not a bad name like you mentioned, but it's still from the breakaway, which reduces that a tiny bit for me. So he still needs to prove himself to me. And therefore, I can't point that, oh, he's going to do Strade-like races, or he's going to do cobble races or hill races, because the rest of the season isn't proving that yet. Like cobble races, 27 at the U23 World Championships in Flanders, that's not good enough in my eyes, for Mauro Schmidt. So I was disappointed that day. Yeah, I think he's... Yeah, it's, as you say, it's tough to get a read on him, but I just think he'll be on no money. And it's yep. all upside, so it's a good transfer. Why not? Uh, yep. The last one is Louis Verweyke, who is a Belgian guy. I think he had some tough... like I think his house was flooded in the, the Belgian floods. Was that this year, Benji, or last year? Sorry. Uh, that was 2021, yes. Yeah, so I think had some of that stuff that was maybe affecting his training as well. He was on Alpes and Phoenix, and I'm sure he's a nice guy. Session 1 GC at Ronda de Lazard back in 2014, but that was back in 2014, um, and I don't know. I'm pretty high on him. It, really? Okay, yeah, so I think he could Benji, fall into the future on. Dave Anand's role. And Mate. I'm doing that based on his Giro. He was a strong rider in the mountains. And in that mountain stage, was which, it... Which stage? On the final mountain stage, when Caruso was attacking together with Bardet, he domestiqued for Bardet in the middle of the stage, despite being on a different team. So hoping that nobody would notice. And uh, it was also the stage where Visconti was riding for Caruso. Um, and that's one of the aspects. But also on Chestula, he was getting relatively stronger. I think he's not as... Uh, as down as you are calling it. He got dropped by Filippo Fiorelli on the Sestola finish. So, I lost time to him. I don't know. Top 20 at the Giro is not bad. Yeah, but he was trying, like, to be top 20. Like, yeah, but David Ayans would end up at roughly the same spot if he was trying. Like, Diego Ulisi came top, came 17th. And Vivica was over an hour back. I don't know. Okay. I just don't. Whatever. Probably not on that much money. I just don't really see. Like, if they think he's going to be in Avonapol's mountain train at a Grand Tour and make a difference, I just, he's not good enough uh, currently. But maybe he'll improve. Maybe he just had, as I said, uh, things that affected him in the last year or so. But uh, he's probably not on a million bucks. Definitely not a million bucks anyway. So. There's no, no need to be too up in arms about it. But now this is this is the, the, going to be the maybe the toughest one we do, Benji, for um, any team. Picking the, the Koenig quick step <laughs> teams for various races. Now, yes, it's so hard because like Provence, they go with like a they just throw whatever they want together and they they turn up with Alaphilippe and uh, Ballerini, etc. But Cobble Classics. Maybe slightly easier here. Cobble Classics got Ballerini, De Klerk, uh, Kaiser, Lampart, Seneschal, uh, 
Asgren, he's pretty good at them. And <laughs> Stieber and maybe Steinsteel or, or someone. But Honore Benji, he's kind of says he wants to do cobbled classics, which I'm actually flabbergasted by this. Yeah, I, I found it quite confusing as well. I think that he can do it, but I don't think it's easy to get into the cobble team of the Koenig. So <laughs> saying that you point. want to do that, yeah, I think that's the hard part here. So you named quite a few riders there, and next to those riders, there's a few that you would be saying, Bert van Lederberg is probably going to show up in a few of them, like a no, Kuhner, no, for example. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, like... The likes of a Seneschal and Asgreen, like you mentioned, those are riders that are going to be leading these races. And Honoré is... Ah, it's, it's very hard to say whether he's going to be uh, directly uh, jumping into that team. Yes, he wasn't terrible at the likes of a Primus Classic, but that's very different from the likes of a RVV Omlop Kurne. Now, I'm going to dare to say that I think he can do it. No, I think he can do it. I think he can. My point is... He's such a good hilly, hilly racer. Like he won the City Mana stage to kick the year off in March, yep. third and fourth at Fornardesh and Royal Bernard Drome, which they don't sound like big races, but they have like Godu and they're hard races. Then Basque Country won the stage five. Um, Giro last year, he was good on sort of an uphill finish. Third at Classica San Sebastian, which I think he would have won if he hadn't had that crash. Then uh, good. Yes, sir. What is the danger for him going for Colbrace? Let's take a look at the Hill Classics we have. We have Brabant, so we have Amstel, Flesh, and LBL. I don't believe he can win Flesh and LBL. And I think he's going to have a hard time competing for the victory at Amstel, but he can do it there based on the terrain, I would dare to say. He can compete for top 10, certainly, and perhaps more if it goes better, I guess. Brabant, he can compete in, I would dare to say. But... It's so far from like the Italian classics that I think he can combine the cobble race with the Italian classics, for example. I think that's. I think you're right. I think you're onto something here. He's thinking, okay, I'm not going to be number one over Alaphilippe in these hilly in the big hilly races. So I'll do it with Osgren. <laughs> yeah, so I'll go to RVV and try and. <laughs> yeah, but I guess the, I guess there's more in the cobble classics. There is more. Um, Equality, like if Stein, if Devolder wins two RVV Benji with Bonin on the team, whereas it's not like that in LBL. In LBL, you're going to do the lead out for uh, Alaphilippe or ride for Alaphilippe, same flesh on the Murdoe. Uh, and Brabant's a, a little bit different, but even we saw it Britannia Classic Benji, he was domestique for Alaphilippe. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's been domestique and having to protect his own ambitions in quite a few races this year where he's then done well, like Droven Curse, Britannia Classic, Primus Classic, uh, Bernard Drome I already mentioned was won by Bagioli. Loads of races he's not been able to go to the, for the win. And I think that might be playing into this. I, I just, I'm so high on this rider. I think he's so good, Mikel Honore. That's why I mention it. Uh, but yeah, he's one to watch for the Cobble team, maybe in a few of those races. And listen, it, as Benji said at the top of this podcast, it's hard to have a peak from Omlope through to RVV. Maybe it makes sense for him to go to the earlier ones. Moving on to the uh, to the hilly classics or the Ardennes, Benji, Alaphilippe, Bagioli, Mazenada, Seri, Dries Davenens, Van Sevenant. That's Lex Van Wilder. Really? I do so. Elgin's so hard, um, Van Wilder. 
I'm actually not super high on Von Wilder, but I see that he's getting top 20s in the medium mountain to hilly stage in Itzulia. I see that he's better at the hilly stage in the likes of Romandy. And then on the longer climbs, he's not doing that great. He's getting top sevens at those Copia Bartali stage that Honore was also doing good at, that he was winning, of course. But yeah, so there's a difference there. But I still believe he can be supporting these hilly classics. I think Quickstep also have an expectation that James Knox, who they extended actually, despite a bit of a down year, I think they want James Knox to be in, the, in there as well. Uh, maybe Catania as well. I would rather they kept Catania out of the Arden team and sent him to some one weeks. I just yeah. think he suits one week with the TT way better. And I think there's other riders. Like Bagioli was injured uh, around the early start of the year, so maybe he slots in for Catania. He gives him another option. As well, do you think Van Seven on Benji? He burst on 22 years old. He, he actually out with a fractured finger. He just crashed in training. Mm-hmm. I assume that won't affect him too much. Do you think he burst on the scene in 2020 with that flesh attack? Can he kick on and actually be like a proper second option in Amstel, for example? I think he can compete, but I'm not sure he's going to be the second option yet. I feel like. I'd much rather see him go for stage than Grand Tours as a focus this year because I believe he can win stage in Grand Tours if he keeps on trying. But in the Hill Classics, I'm like, there's currently better riders on the team. And then I want to bring you to another rider that I heard. I, I'm not 100% certain, but I swear I heard a rumor that Asgreen wanted to do Amstel this year. He, he climbs well. Like, yeah. it would make sense. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Especially to go long. Remember DVB going long before the last Cowberg? It'd be, yeah, something yeah. to watch. Jungles won LBL that way, going yeah. long. I think I think Asgren could sort of do it if he if he's climbing, got his climbing legs under him. But it's a, it's a heavy load that we see on MVP and Wild Fun Up to sort of do both of them. How about Remco? Hill Classics. Yeah, I know. I don't. Maybe, like, <laughs> I guess Pagatra and Roglic do it. I, I just need. Remco needs to do some. If he wants to go Vuelta. Then and actually compete, then he needs to do some one week world tour GC races and yeah. have some ups, have some downs, and iron out the kinks there. Uh, Giro d'Italia, Benji. I don't think we're going to be seeing the same team. Unfortunately, Paul Remy Cavagna also he was involved in that crash that I mentioned, and he's had he had a more severe injuries. He's he had a fractured vertebrae. So, uh, thoughts to Remy Cavagna, but he was on their Giro team this year, and hopefully, he's okay for some point of the season next year. But I don't think Avonval's not going to the Giro, Benji. Almeida's not going to the Giro either on the Koenig Quickstep. He is on UAE. I think they're going to go with Bagioli, Mazanada, Seri, uh, and Catania and sort of just go an Italian focus team. And do you send – what sprinter do they send? Because yeah. they, have, they have to go – that's the problem. They didn't send a sprinter this year, didn't get any stage wins, and it was – their worst race. Which sprinter do you send? Does Cavendish give a fuck about the Giro at no, this point? Nah, come on. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, but I feel like Jakobsen is the one for the tour. So I'm like, what is Cav going to ride Grand Tour wise? Then no Grand Tours if he doesn't get picked for the tour. I think me and, you, me and you are fully back on Cav to the tour. <laughs> like, uh, I'm fully in on it now. I've convinced. Nah, I'm not for next year. I <laughs> think Jakobsen fits more. Uh, he's only he's done the Giro five times, but yeah, I don't think he he wants that tour one. But I think it's pretty obvious what Quickstep need to do with that uphill start and then the TT. 
They have Bagioli, who should be their man for the first stage. He's very, very fast in a finish like that. Uh, and with an Honoré, they've got to send Honoré for that as well, maybe with three Stavenines. Is it? Might have a heavy load. Is that finish too difficult for the Provence Ballerini we saw? It's a good point. It's a good point. I think I think you send, I think Jakobsen you keep back and then I think you send Ballerini. And Ballerini's the sort of guy, again, he's Italian, so he gets a Watts buff in Italy, even though maybe there's no evidence of that. Mm-hmm. He's just the sort of guy that I can see winning a, a Giro sprint, Benji, in like the second or third week. He's quick enough. Yep. Um, so I think, yeah, Bagioli, Ballerini, Catania, Mazzanata, Seri, Trist, David Irons, and maybe even like a – no, not – what about Van Seven? There's some finishes in the Giro, Benji, that really suit, I think, Van Seven, like not 40-minute climbs, just a bit shorter. I agree on that. I, I would love to see him have an opportunity to go for stage wins, like I said, and if he's sent to the Vuelta with Evenepoel, and if Evenepoel is actually going for GC there, then I believe he's going to be uh, chained to Evenepoel in that sense. So it would be lovely if he goes to the Giro and can go for actual stage wins himself in the breakaway. So that's something I certainly see as a possibility there. But hey, here's my theory. What if Philippe does a Caleb Ewan? And he goes to the Giro, he takes pink, and three days later, he leaves with knee pain. He How should. triggered would Eddie Mackey? No, he should. But like, that makes perfect sense, Benji. The problem is they got Bangioli who can kind of go for that finish too. But Alaphilippe can keep it after the TT on stage two. Remember, it's uphill finish like the stage Alaphilippe won to Chiusdino in Terreno Adriatico stage two ahead of Van Aert and MVDP. Then a TT the next day, a short prologue-ish length one where it's going to be difficult to keep that against Ganner and Co. But Alfie's got a good TT. Um, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it, it, it would be, I think it won't because they got Bagioli, who has an actual chance of winning against the likes of Peacock and Co. But then Cavagno, I would have said pre-injury that you sent him for the TT as well. Uh, maybe Schmidt as well. I mean, he won the Giro stage last year. Now the difficult one, Tour de France. One of the hardest teams to get into for the Tour de France no even a pole, even though a lot of TT kilometers, but that dangerous cobble over. stage. Yeah, dangerous cobble stage probably doesn't want that. So you, I'm going to let you go first, Benji, because you've already put put out your position that Jakobsen's going. Yeah, Fabio Jakobsen as main sprinter. The reason is what I said at the earlier part of this podcast. I believe that Jakobsen can win stages where he's by far not in the right position. And yes, you can say he was beaten by Philipson on multiple occasions. Well, he didn't have a proper lead out at the Velta. You can say what you want. Yes, there was a rider leading out at the front for the Koenig, but Jakobsen was 11 wheels back. So that's not going to happen too much. So stuff like that is why Jakobsen is for me a better candidate for, uh, than Cavendish. Obviously, it's sad for Cavendish not beating that record, but I don't really care about that record. So that's not what I look after. I want to see a team put the... Uh, most likely candidate of winning races in their team and not go for a record uh, just to win one stage. And therefore, I think Jakobsen is the best option. Now, to be honest, whoever you put in the wheel of Merku could definitely win stages at the Tour. So at this point, it's not that big of a deal here. But I believe Jakobsen deserves it after the comeback he has made. And I believe that there have been quite a few rumors also from Lefebvre and from Cavendish himself that were saying that Jakobsen should deserve a position in the future as the main sprinter. And I believe that's a perfect time to do so. Now, who do you have as lead out for him? I think Osgrens, Fulf, or 
third last man. You've got Merku in a position uh, just ahead of the sprinter. Who's the rider you would put ahead of that? Would you... Um... Seneschal. Okay. I think Who was there pl- this year? You Ballerini? replaced Ballerini with Seneschal because yeah. we have the classics-like stages in the first week. Yeah. And I, I think you need to have a you need to have Lampart, Seneschal, Asgren, De Klerk, Merku. Alaphilippe. Alaphilippe, of course. I think that's the team. And maybe Dries Davenon's got to go for Alaphilippe. With Alaphilippe. Bar for the Cobble Race or do you not... I, I was I was thinking that, but then I was like, "Is that too like overloading it just for a couple of stages?" You know. Yeah. Um, and then they usually he likes to go to the Vuelta. He's done six Vuelters yeah. actually. Davenance. Davenance has to go. Yeah, for yeah. for uh, Alaphilippe Cherny and the Cleric. Yeah, of course. Cherny probably do, he'll do Giro. I'd expect. Um, yeah, it, yeah it's so. a, maybe Cavagna comes back and then they want to slot him in. I don't know because then they need, they like to have a TT threat. It's it's tough to say, but I think we will see. It's it's impossible to know whether it's Jakobsen or Cavendish. We'll need to see what happens in the in the new year and how they perform in races. But I think the lead out is the lead out. You know, is going to be what it is, and then they're probably going to win races. Uh, I think they're more likely to win them with Jakobsen though. Uh, Welter Benji. Avonapol, apparently he's going. I'm assuming Avonapol's going. Yeah. He's going for GC. He's going to go with Honoré, Van Sevenant, Bagioli, Stibar, Verweike, Dylan van Wilder, and... A sprinter? Does Jakobsen do the double? Whoever, yeah, whoever doesn't, yeah, they go with a sprinter as well, but he's going to have the, he can have the Burt lead out, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Uh, or do you use like Steimler, who also did leadouts, or didn't he sprint against Ackermann two Veltas ago at some point? <laughs> yeah. He actually came third in, yeah, Vuelta sprint. That's why I mean that third week Vuelta sprints, like, about us three time. <laughs> yeah, no, let's not go that far. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's just Avon Paul GC. Do you think where's the. Do Intermarche Benji have a better Vuelta climbing squad than Quickstep? Ooh, that's a that's a rough one. Uh, Louis Mankies, we've got Jan Hirtz. Who else is on that team again? Aramai. I don't I think, think so. I think they do. I think they do. I don't think they do because <laughs> their leader is not the same. No, no, I mean the support. Sorry, I mean just the support. Obviously, I think Avonapol. I also don't think so. Really? Okay. So you, so who have we got? Van Sevenant, Van Vilda, Bagioli. Vervaka, man. <laughs> Fuck, you're so high on Vervaka. <laughs> Jan Hurt was on Harmonitair. Why am I saying it like it's in the Netherlands? Harmonitair. <laughs> um, <laughs> where was Vervaka on that compared to Jan Hurt? No, I'm not having it. Intermarche got a better support. Uh, that Sudal money is going to have to buy some better support for Avonapol or... Van Seven on Cold will improve, and Van Vilder can't climb Benji. So, what do you think is um, the best preparation for the Vuelta for Evenepoel? Because you've mentioned one week races and so forth. I believe that's also the best option. Because, uh, sorry, Burgos. But beforehand, does he like sit still for three months or? Paris, uh, Paris, UAE probably fits in pretty well. The got Swiss a TT in there. Sound good? Swiss. Um, 
if he wants to do some longer climbs, Catalonia's there as well. Um, and that's usually got a TT, a rolling TT. I think just one-week races, avoid Pogacar and Roglic. Uh, is Ricky Miles races then. Yeah, yeah, just any of the ones that they're not at. But then I'd, Basque Country, okay, half half of the Vuelta is in Basque Country. But that's why I do Burgos. I wouldn't do Basque Country, Benji. I think it's too, I don't know. Theolic. Yeah, and just maybe, I don't know, maybe it'd be fine as well. I, it's tough to get a read. But Van Gilder, Benji, I think he's been, people think he's better than he is because he did a pull for Avonapol three, four years ago at World Champs in the men's junior race. You look at Dauphiné, he's getting dropped early on the climbs. Now, DSM as well got a bit of that. Once you leave DSM, maybe you get better, maybe you don't. Um, he or she didn't get better, got worse. So we'll wait to see if Van is ready to be a Grand Tour Mountain Domestic in 2022. I'm, I'm not sure about it, but Quickstep definitely get you know more out of their riders. Uh, but, but, um, finally, so, I want to ask you the question, what does Cavendish ride then? Because I, feel I like think he's doing Tour. Oh, okay. I think he's doing the tour. You, you're the one that said Fabio. I think he's doing the tour. <laughs> you okay. I, I calculated this, Benji. I went back and looked. You know what? One of the sprints, guess how long it was that he had to sprint uh, from Mercury dropping him off to the line in the wind? 17 seconds. Four and a half seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 17, mate. I, I, I was thinking you were, you were saying that one stage where he had to do it alone initially. No, that he no, were... no, no, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> And I got it wrong at <laughs> once. I, I was saying that Philipson was in his wheel on the first stage. It was the other way around. So, no, four and a half seconds. That's how good Merku is um, on the Cortina attack stage. But now for the the predictions, Benji. 25 World Tour wins this year. Uh, 2020 was a weird year, but they still managed to win uh, while well, they only won 11. 2019, the last sort of normal year, where they actually won 68. That was with Guangxi, which we didn't have this year, but that was with 35 wins at World Tour level. That's why I did say a little bit, you know, less than they sometimes might expect. What are you, what's your prediction? I'm setting the over unders at 25 and a half, Benji, for World Tour wins. Oh, this is hard. This is really hard. I think that. Cavania, Cavania being out of the picture means that they'll have like one or two ITT. Yeah, no, less, no I would dare to or say. something. Yeah, stuff like that. I think Avonapool will likely win more World Tour races than he did in 2021. But ah, it's really difficult to say whether it's going to be more or not. I'm going to go just under. I'm going under. I think... Almeida still won like three World Tour races this year. Uh, even if you know we it mm-hmm. wasn't televised, they still count. And he's going out the door and say, okay, Avonapol brings in four or five, but then they they have lost Benji, a sprinter in Hodge and Co. who they haven't replaced. Even if we don't think Hodge is that good, and yes, he didn't win any World Tour races. But as you, they've lost Bennett. Um, that's a big loss. It is. It is a big loss. Like I'm not convinced that Fabio could turn up to UAE and just spank two sprint wins ahead of you and uh, maybe take one. But and nor do I think Cavendish is going to win four Tour de France stages next year. Or I don't. I don't think there's four sprint stages to win for any sprinter in the Tour de France next year. So I'm going I think under. The key to getting more would be sending a sprinter to the Giro, but that's likely not going to happen because I don't believe Cavendish would go to the Giro. 
I reckon Ballerini can still pick up one, but as you say, it's not going to be three or four. And then, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I just, I'm just comfortable with the under. Maybe they're going to prove us wrong. Maybe like Van Sevenot and Bangioli, like we're not accounting for them. Bangioli winning two or three and and for two or three about here. to win LBL, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Quickstep go next year. I still think though, like. They can still win huge races and be favourites for them, obviously. Uh, but now the hot takes time, Benji. My hot take is that uh, Fausto Masnada finishes ahead of Almeida on GC in the Giro d'Italia next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's flaming hot, personally. I think Masnada. I think Masnada, I can't process it. Fausto Masnada yeah. beats Almeida in GC at the Giro d'Italia next year. What the actual fuck, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's. I don't think. I think it'll be do it easy, too. Um, <laughs> okay, Masnada. What do you come third in Romandy? I think. Yeah, I think Masnada's. I reckon they extended him. I think Benji as well. I think they're pretty happy with Masnada. I reckon. Yeah, I think they low key second in Lombardy. I reckon they low key think they kind of got. A good version of Almeida um, for like a fourth or fifth or a sixth of the price. Uh, what's your hot takes? Because I've come out of the gates with a pretty hot one. I believe Asgren will. Like, we all know that Heinrich Hauser will win Roubaix, but let's imagine that he doesn't. And I think <laughs> Asgren wins Roubaix. Yeah, I think Quickstep win Roubaix next year. I think they tell their tyre supplier or. Uh, specialized what or whatever that you know it's better for the brand that they actually do well at Roubaix <laughs> than people seeing their equipment or components failing at Roubaix. Um, so they should just probably use whatever Bora Hansgrohe were using, even though they're also sponsored by Specialized. Uh, they didn't have as many punctures. I think Julian Alaphilippe in the World Champs bands again. Does he take yellow again, Benji? That's the question. He's taken it like three years in a row. Does Alaphilippe win a TDF stage and take yellow at some point again? It's difficult to see with the start this year in um, in Denmark. Yeah, I find it hard to believe, and I honestly can't remember the first week properly, so I'd have to take a look again. But I'd rather say that it's more likely that he extends his world championships once again in, in, uh, in Wollongong compared to... <laughs> Getting the yellow jersey. Mate, that calls for Caleb Ewan, apparently. Caleb Ewan, he always yeah. wins. He always wins 4,600 yeah. meters elevation, 270 kilometer <laughs> multi medium mountain stages. It's just bread and butter for him. Fuck, what are people, Second what are people watching? Oh, Do yeah, you sometimes right. wonder, Benji, like, are they, are they watching the same sport we're watching? Yeah, like, I think, was it Scott Sunderland that said it? That, that quote that he, uh, that he said that, Ah, uh, the course is good enough for uh for Ewan because he got over the podium. Like, okay, it's like one climb that's not even at the percentages of the climbs that you put in the Australian uh, Wollongong parkour that is announced. And if we have to imagine how many times they do this bloody climb in that race based on the announcement so far, then it's factually impossible that this man gets over these bloody climbs unless he's like attached to a bloody wagon or something. Like the course is so hard that like Matthews would be looking at it like, oh, that is. That's hard. Um, like, anyway, we're getting sidetracked. But, yeah, Caleb Ewan, 30, Poggio's 30 kilometers an hour. The climbs in the World Champs are not 30 kilometers an hour. So 
bit of a difference. But yeah, uh, quick step. Otherwise, Avonapol, we got to have a hot take about Avonapol Benji. Does he podium? I know you wonder. Does he podium the Vuelta? I don't think so. What do you think happens? Crashes out, has a Almeida four minute lost day. Bleeds I time. don't want to. I don't want to shout crashes. I, I'd rather have like a, a hot take of them like getting. I want them to top ten and win a stage. I'd rather have that than shout for a podium and have this entire spectacle in the Belgian media. Vuelta di Remco in the newspapers just before the race starts, so that everybody thinks he's the favorite instead of Pogacar in Belgium. And then when he when he uh, can't follow on the third week on mountains, then suddenly the newspaper is going to be like, "Yeah, he failed. Yeah." He's not good enough, and everybody's going to be like, well, we told he wasn't good enough. Like, okay, he has to be such an arrogant kid all the time. Uh, I don't know. Like, he gets hated on so much for stuff that the media shouts. So the media says, oh, he's good at the Giro this year in 2021. He's, like, favorite in the first week already. No, he wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he actually might be. Uh, Because remember the Giro, he, like, came into favorite in the bookies? It It was madness. This is what I think happens, like... I think Lefebvre is just full Remco mania. He's going to see Avonapol <laughs> win Volta a San Juan GC. Even course. And yet, and he'll be like, we've got to send him to the tour. Like, <laughs> we, this is what happened with the Giro. He's like, oh, he's doing good numbers. Let's just send him to a grand tour with no race days. Like, it's insane. I think he wins two two World Tour one-week races, and I think he podiums the Vuelta. I think he wins the Tour de Suisse <laughs> for Tour Swiss really would suit him. They got usually two time trials, yeah. and then this year they had no mountaintop finishes. I think, yeah, it really suits him. Um, like Alaphilippe was barely taking it seriously and came third. And I think he, he was second or third, and then he just left it. There was one day to go because he couldn't be fucked. <laughs> no, I think, no, no, I think he might have, maybe his wife was giving birth or. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, you're right. You're right. That's a pretty good reason. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a legitimate reason to leave the race. Maybe Lefebvre doesn't think that, but yeah, I think. <laughs> what about Alaphilippe, Benji? Because I want to just want to say this at the top of the show. Alaphilippe, good TT, punchy, etc. If you were him, would you focus on winning a one-week race? Like, do you not think Alaphilippe could win Paris-Nice? I believe no he can, day. but like, he can also win Bologna easily if he tries, but like... Why would he if he can focus on LBL that he hasn't won yet, which is a bigger True. race? But I think with the way the Tour set Parkour is set up this year, without that punchy stage in the first three stages for him, I mean, never count him out. But yeah, I think I think that's another way to add a lot of add some wins here as well. And I think it's just good practice for say some of the domestiques. Like if you have a long term project for Avonapol to ride GC and be more GC focused, even with Masnada, you just, you've got to be riding more, focusing more on GC, which is a different focus in these other races. Um, like Tour de la Provence, as you said though, Benji, Tour de la Provence, he rode for GC, came second or third, I think, but um, he literally attacked with like 40 Ks to go on the first stage and went solo with yeah. Moscon and Chicone. So <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just going to do what he's going to do. But, um, that's pretty much all we that, have. Oh, sorry, go on. Okay, I've got one last thing. Do you think that Alaphilippe's season, like, he got that yellow jersey, yes. He won the World Championships, which is amazing, but somehow I feel like something's missing. He underperformed on Quickstep. Like, he didn't win many races. 
maybe, maybe underperformed is a bit much. Um, it's I don't know because Lombardia Benji he was I would say strongest in that second group, but then Masnada's mm-hmm. up the road. So, like, why should that count against him? You know, like, yeah, he won four, he won three races on Quickstep this year, three at World Tour level at Torino stage, Flesh, and Tour de France stage, as you said. In 2019, though, he won. In terms of World Tour races, he won Strade, two Torino, Milano San Remo, Basque Country stage flesh and a dauphiné stage so there was much many more world tour wins but again and, and sorry and then two tour de france stages and he held yellow for ages but he's just not a man who 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 ever wins much after the tour like the tour is his big focus and then there's worlds and then and you, on quick step it's not really with his rider type you would argue that he could win 10 races per season like but he probably just peaks for the ones he wants to win and that's he feels like those are more important than the ones that he's not riding really. Exactly, he's he's won how many Tour de France stages now? He's won six Tour de France stages across four years. It's just and now back to back world champs. They're the most important. He does the business there. It's hard to really be critical of anything else because they're so yep. Much more important than everything else. But next year might be different, Benji, as we said, because the start of the tour is, is very different to the last two years. Uh, but otherwise, any anything else you'd like to watch out for from Quick Step? Any other riders you think are going to take like a huge leap forward? I think it's Bagioli. I think Bagioli is legit, and I think he's going to start winning at a high rate. I am also a fan of. Bajoli's rider type and so forth but I felt like he somewhat stagnated a bit until we saw him getting second in that Velta stage again and so forth I want him to break through on a world tour level and win stages there before getting ultra hyped about him I think he's I think he's so so good like I think he can win I think he can win Milano Sanremo. I think he can win LBL okay. in the future. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think he's so good. Bajoli. I think Honor is. How about we take the most random monument out there? <laughs> Milano Sanremo. <laughs> but I get well, it. I get it. The rider type necessary to get over the climb has a bit of a kick in the end. So I get that. Last point, Benji. Of their young core, wouldn't a lot of teams be very jealous of this young core? Van Sevenot, Vernon, Van Wilde, Zvercek. Uh, Schmid, Masnard's not that young. On the race, twenty-four. Cavagna's not that not that old either. And Bagioli. That is a a lot of them are like twenty-one. That's a really really good young core. That maybe I don't even think Ineos young core matches depending on how Pitcock goes. Yeah, but it has been like that for quite a while on Quickstep, where they signed these riders that were still very young but ended up becoming their prominent riders now let's look at 2018 you have Osgain being signed on a few years earlier Alaphilippe joins that team Gavidia joins that team so they get those riders young Jakobsen in that sense if you look at was it 2019 where Almeida joined after not what 2020 most likely actually where Almeida joined really was it 2020 uh oh yeah, yeah it was it was 2020 and you're straight later straight into the Giro wearing pink for 15 yep. days yeah, certainly, like, it It feels like they have 
properly found a way to get the youngsters that end up being prominent members of their team. There's been a few that have been somewhat disappointing. In 2019, Samuel Gage joined and didn't really uh, end up as one of their writers. In 2020, they had Sean Quinn, I think, that came along and was uh, was a trainee for a bit, but also didn't end up signing for 2021 then. I think one of those names now is what is happening with Jason Osborne because he was training in 2021 and I don't see him in the squad for 2022. Well, yeah, me either. And it's kind of surprising because he did like four races. One of them was a stage race at Slova- uh, Slovakia. He did all right in the prologue. Um, he's 27. I don't know. I, I thought they were going to try and put him in to be the next De Klerk, Benji, because they signed De Klerk really like late. He was like 27, 28, and mm-hmm. this guy's he's a bit smaller than De Klerk, but a huge engine. And, yeah, he's not been re-signed. I can't see anything. So kind of surprising, but maybe they weren't happy with his handling or whatever. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think riders who are out of contract next year, it's Cavendish, Stebar, Lampart, Three Stavonites, Ilio Casas, Steels. They kind of got seems like a lot of guys are locked up for a, a while, apart from Lampard, et cetera, who I, I don't expect those those guys to be leaving either. Stibar will either retire or extend, and same with, with Cavendish. So they're pretty good. They're pretty set for the next few years. Yeah. And is there anything missing, Benji? I've already said I think Mountain Domestiques or those riders who can do that sort of thing. I, I think Kasper Askren can almost do the Dylan Van Baal role. Not, not as well but uh, in the mountains, but... I still think they're missing some mountain domestics if they want to genuinely compete for the tour in 2023. Alaphilippe can do it. I think Alaphilippe, we've seen him, he can do that sort of thing, but they're missing one or two. Anything else you think they're missing? I think with a slight switch of focus, Osgreen can definitely take up their role of Ambal and perhaps at the same level, I would dare to say, because his climbing in California a few years ago was pretty damn good. Algarve, was it last year, I think, or this year? I don't even remember, probably last year was also relatively strong, stuff like that. So I believe in the climbing qualities, and that's why I believe that he will do decent at the likes of an Amstel, for example. But yeah, I, I believe that that GC part is definitely the part that can get better. But the question there is like, is Avon Pool going to prove him in 2021? And if he does, then, then they're going to try and expand on that. I believe that's the key factor because it's still based on potential, the stuff of Avon Pool. And... I want to. Uh, I want to see it Cher- he, be cherished and perform well at the, at the Volta. He signed through twenty twenty six. They are going to keep trying. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is the project. He's through twenty twenty six, and yeah, that's what's happening. I think it's him. Him, him winning the tour is like Alfaro's main goal. Uh, yeah, whether you agree think, with uh, it or think it's possible or not. Yeah, I think so as well. I think that's basically uh, the wrap up for our. Quick step thingy here. I uh, want to drop him some last bit of news that we will be discussing in one of the next few podcasts. Where uh, I just read that Roglic re-signed for uh, for Jumbo Visma until 2026, I think. So we're going to be discussing that in our Jumbo uh, preview in the coming future. The team is now complete, so we can be doing that team pretty soon. But uh, I'm hyped about that, and I've been enjoying these so far. If you have as well, definitely check out... Um, the potential of rating uh, the podcast on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts because that's now possible on on there as well on Spotify. So uh, we thank you for the support. And uh, yeah, it's yours to uh, end here, my friend. Thanks for listening as always. Have a happy and safe Christmas uh, or holiday period, everybody. And we'll see you with another team maybe shortly. 
after Christmas. Maybe even we'll record on Christmas if Benny and I uh, get bored. Who knows? No promises. Until then, ciao. (laughs)